Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. I largely kept the fact that I was a cannabis patient a secret for most of my like life. And so I was like, I want to be able to do something that is both really good and allows me to be my whole self and to embrace all of these things I believe in. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back, my friends, to The Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one can of story at a time. So, Dave, I did this really cool thing last night. Mm-hmm. Do tell. I hung out at a cemetery, the Mount Auburn Cemetery right here in Cambridge. It's pretty famous. Yeah. Yeah. And they had this, it was called, it was an immersive art experience called Solstice. Oh. It was a reflection of winter lights. So you're actually, so the, um, it was amazing. So, so for those of you who don't know, the Mount Auburn Cemetery, I can give you a little history lesson, was founded um, by Harvard botanist Jacob Bigelow and the Massachusetts Horticultural Society in the early 1800s. It was the first cemetery to be laid out according to the principles of English landscape design. Its establishment marked the beginning of the rural cemetery movement in the United States. I was not high when I went to this last night, but I could have been, and it would have made it even better. Were others high, perhaps? Not my, not my friend, but it okay. was great. So uh, yep. the cemetery, cool. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's great for bird watching. It's just this beautiful space with, it's literally a cemetery built for promenading through mm. and it was lit up. It was like, 
Very cool. It seemed like it should have been a Christmas, I mean, Halloween thing, How, yeah. but it was a holiday thing. And they have this beautiful church in the center called Bigelow Chapel. It's actually a crematorium. Mm, and wow. it's fitted with Tiffany glass windows that are beautiful. And there were candles and violin players. And I'm going to post a reel about it this week, but it was, it was really fun. I recommend if anyone in Cambridge is listening, go to it. It's good. That's excellent. I have, I've received a Joyce Gerber sighting from my spies in Cambridge. Get out. That yes, you you apparently have visited the dispensary in, in is it Porter Square or Davis Square? It's one of the squares. Davis Square, known as the Goods, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I, now, what I, you might not realize is the proprietor of that place, one Mark Fireman, is a Sharon guy that I grew up with. I oh, that's so funny. Yeah. All right. So I found them. They open right before Thanksgiving. Right. I'm sure people don't care this, but I'm going to tell you anyways, because I'm going to do a promotion <laughs> for the goods in Davis Square. I yep. literally thought it was the Goodwill, because there's a Goodwill in Davis Square. I thought the yep. Goodwill was moving across the street. Hmm. And then the day it opened, my husband was there. He said, Joyce, it's a dispensary. So, of course, <laughs> I went in and introduced right. myself. And it's a really beautiful experience, ladies. I know people don't feel comfortable, but they're very human centric. They yeah. bring you in. They walk around with you. It's laid out beautifully. They have an awesome little display section where you can smell the cannabis, which it's a nice bonus to go in. I guess it's a big deal for them to bring it in and out every day, but they do it because that's the kind of dispensary that they are. Yeah. The, he said that they pride themselves on the customer experience, uh, much different than some that are just like the one I go to in Sharon, which I guess I won't mention because I don't want to malign it, but like, it's, <laughs> it's totally fine. Like they answered all my questions, but according to Mark, the goods is more of a, you should feel warm and welcome when you come in there and the whole thing. Yes, exactly. So uh, any of my people who can hear me and can walk there or drive there, check out the goods. Yeah. It's right in Davis square. It's on the red line. It is centric and neighborhood centric and women-centric i'm going to try to do an event there maybe do a book reading and it's like it's person i like to shop i know how to shop but i don't always know how to shop for cannabis and it's nice to have a personal shopper which is kind of what they do they walk you around the store and really help you figure out what it is and not just be like oh, cool. this is the highest thc buy it yeah there's right, a lot right. to know about cannabis we for know sure. that yeah that's okay. right the, the experience i had have not been like that i usually ask one question i get one answer and then i'm on my way so mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to check it out and we can have lunch together you never come out here i'm We'll do it. We'll do it for sure. Okay. All right. That's a little sidetrack. All right. Back on me. Back on you. <laughs> I guess that was kind of about me. I just want to toot our own horn for a second. The Cannamom Show was nominated by Global Health and Pharma. It's a UK uh, media company, I believe, for a commercial cannabis award category. All right. Um, it's called the category is most empowering diversity focused cannabis industry podcast. It's a big title. <laughs> I love it. The accolades continue to pour in. Your this is a decorated podcast and just continues to get more of a getting more credit. decorated. I love it. Yeah, and and I'm having sightings. That's even more exciting. Okay, <laughs> and then one more shout out: Bountiful Farms in Lakeville, Massachusetts. I did a tour of their amazing facilities a few maybe like ugh, six months ago. Now they have a new line of culinary edibles in collaboration with a renowned Michelin star chef. Just, there you go, up in the ante. And these will be available in select dispensaries across Massachusetts, just in time for the holiday gatherings. So check them out. Bountiful Farms, their new lot of product line of delicious and innovative chocolate bars. And they're coming out with infused salts for not just sweet, some savory. You can infuse your savory with salts instead of mm. oil, I guess. I'll find out how that works. I don't know. Yeah. It's. Is there anything that you can't get cannabis in now? Like, is there cannabis shampoo? 
maybe CBD because I want to CBD <laughs> products or skincare. We can talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Well, all right, all right. And, uh, one more thing, as if cannabis is not confusing enough. If you're looking for some medical science canna advice that's real, legit, and um, helpful, please reach out to my friends at Azela Education right here in Massachusetts. They have put together the Azela Education Handbook that includes detailed information about terpene and cannabinoids, how these interact together for specific ailments. And they even have this heating chart of like how high you should be using if you're using a vaporizer to get the most out of your terpenes. It's very confusing. Everything confuses me. I'm in the industry. So if you're really looking for some strong advice from your bud tender, but from some nurses who understand how this works and are invested in it, reach out to Azela. I got a copy of myself. It's very cute and handy and it's got everything in it. Oh, cool. So. Uh, that's A-Z-A-L-L-A, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, the, the vaporizer that I have, it's, it's got the little digital reading. There are so many numbers on there that I don't know what they mean. I have no idea what they mean. And then look, so you've got the this, chart. You're holding up the chart that tells you what they mean. And I know this, it's an audio only podcast. I do yeah, this every show. I know you I'm, do. <laughs> that's why I'm narrating. But, but yes, it's, it, it looks like a color coded chart, which, which breaks it all down. So excellent. Is that With all the heat and the lemony, all the different terpenes, how they relate to other foods and the actual little temperature that they work best at. So again, there's so much to know. If anyone tells you they're an expert, they're lying, but we're going to keep learning together. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we're here. All right. That was a lot about me, but I'm gonna have, I'm glad the goods are talking to you. Like a connect, a Sharon connection. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. We might be doing something in the way of podcasting one way. And you and I will talk offline about that because. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I told yeah. him I could see, I actually helped him. I told him I should be a consultant. I helped him with two things that day. So yeah, I think <laughs> I, we're meant to be. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesomeness. All right. Let's move on to today's guest. Oh, wait before that, um, I just want to thank our partner, of course, the resort at Westmoreland in Jamaica for making today's show possible. And if you're a par business partner out there, a potential business partner out there who'd like to work with us in 2023, please reach out. We still have some opportunities available. Now for today's guest. Today's guest joins us from Arizona and her canna story includes an interesting twist on a mother-daughter cannabis journey. Our guest today is a cannabis marketing specialist, and in addition to starting her own firm, Bake Brand Studios, she's also the director of strategy and accounts at Magic Plants. But her story begins as a very young caregiver for her own mother led, that led her to find cannabis for her own healing and grew into a passion for helping others. Here today to share her professional journey from tech to cannabis and how a childhood spent watching her own mother's medical struggles led her to become the advocate she is today. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Caitlin Fitzgerald. Welcome. Oh, so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. All right, let's just jump right in. You're in Arizona, you're very young, but you've had quite a journey already. Just can you kind of lay a foundation of like what it was like to be the caregiver for your mom as a young age and like that how the kind of lay the foundation of what happens next to you? So yeah, the foundation of, of my journey here really does start when I was born. And so, because shortly after I was born, my mom was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease. She had this like very, very difficult pregnancy. They were very worried that, you know, she wouldn't even be able to make it through the pregnancy. They, they told her to terminate. She, she opted not to. It's actually why she's pretty fiercely pro-choice today because that was her choice to make. And so to keep her pregnant, they gave her a lot of this prescription drug tributaline. And the correlation we draw is that tributylene stepped in and her brain just never started producing dopamine on its own again. 
And we don't know if she would have had it, or maybe this triggered it, would she have eventually got it? We don't really know, but but this was the start. This is sort of like the foundation for my life, that the, the world that I entered into was the my family in crisis. I have a couple siblings, but they're 11 and 13 years older. So when I was a kid, they were in college, they were starting their lives. My dad worked a lot because he had to, but because Parkinson's is really, really expensive. And so he, we had to have the resources for her treatment. And so that kind of left me at home as her caregiver from as early as I can remember until when I was in, in college, until I left for college. And so it was, it was a lot. And I remember things like I would get her pills for her and she would take around like 30 pills a day. And only a few of those pills were for the Parkinson's. Most of the other pills were to deal with the side effects from the Parkinson's medication. And, and even at that young age, you're like, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't feel like it, it should be the only path we have. But back then, that was the only path we had. They weren't doing physical therapy. Cannabis as a medicinal tool for Parkinson's was so um, out there that it, it just wasn't an option for my family. And so it, it was this struggle and it was, you know, a, a bit isolating, but it was also something that really led me to, 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 it was the first seed planted in this idea that, that whole plant medicine could be a better way. I know that you had, you went through a lot with her. You've told me a lot about the medical things and you really went deep into this. So you understood how the medical, traditional pharmaceutical medical world was working. So I think you're about to say this to me, but just how did your older brother, and I know your mother, there's another story with her, but how did your older brother help you to see cannabis as medicine for your, what, your whatever issues you were having at the time and help you move forward? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was real young, my brother pulled me aside and, and he started teaching me about whole plant medicine. I think he was trying to protect my brain from like the D.A.R.E. program brainwashing. And so he was like teaching me the history of it. He was teaching me a bit about the healing potential of it. So he had a, a heart problem undiagnosed and we lost him because he, he had also a prescription for hydrocodone and was using it to navigate his mental health issues. He took too much of it and he overdosed on the opioid. So here again was a prescription drug that had done a lot of harm to a family member of mine. So fast forward like a decade, I'm in, in high school and in college and I'm navigating like endometriosis, so social anxiety, and more recently I've learned I'm, I have a hypothyroid. And, and so as I was navigating those issues, I was like, I don't want, I, I, conventional medicine it was really scary to me. It wasn't a place for healing in, in my head. And so I turned to acupuncture. My sister's an acupuncturist. And, and that was really the start of my journey into alternative healing path. Okay. So yeah. So you're young. You're still pretty, I mean, you're still young, but you're really young as this started. And what was your mother? What did she think of cannabis? And were you able to talk about this with her when you were younger? Definitely not with my mom. She was really, really uncomfortable with cannabis. Like it, just everything that the D.A.R.E. program teaches you is is sort of what we were taught um, as a kid and what, what my mom really believed. And so cannabis as a treatment for her was not an option until very recently. So, so it wasn't actually until I was in the space that I was able to share this tool with her and get her to try it for herself. Okay. So you didn't go right. So you went to college and you went into, what was your first, what was your first professional employment and how did you transition that into utilizing what you, what you understand about cannabis and how 
the skill set you have? How did you transition? How did that happen? I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I I really believe in business as a vehicle for good, and I love startups. So my first job out of college had me work in a tech company that um, was this really cool water technology company with a couple pilots, super fast growth environment. We took the company from like a couple countries to 50 by the time I was done there in four years, which is a really, it's, it's, it's quite the immersion in, in the startup world for your first job. It was exhausting. It took a huge toll on my health. And when I was in that space, I, I was thinking to myself, whatever I do next, I want it to be something I can bring my whole self to, because I, I largely kept the fact that I was a cannabis patient a secret for, for most of my like life. I've, I've kept it as a secret. And so I was like, I want to be able to do something that is both really good for the world and allows me to be my whole self and to embrace all of these things I believe in. So in 2020, when you know, like much of the world, I was like, what do I do next? Where, what are my next steps? And I decided that this would be my chance to go work in the cannabis industry, but I wanted to learn, right? Because so many people in this space have paved the way. They have made it possible for us to legally consume, to engage in an in, in industry. And I wanted to learn from them before just jumping in with my own ideas or, or, or whatnot. So, so I just worked on a farm. I worked with right, yes. so let's let's kind of, let's 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 back up on that. So I know that this is a good part of your story. So your mom isn't really into this. She's got a lot of health issues. She's all on the medications. She's not really stepping up to get you into the next step in cannabis. But how is your dad involved in your entrepreneurship journey? And how did you end up on this is where you're heading? How did you end up in Northern California? And that led to baked uh, brands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so I, it was it's 2020. And was thinking I wanted to head into the space. And I decided to, to go tell my parents I was going to make this shift from the tech industry. And my dad's always been very, you know, helpful and involved and supportive of my career. Both my parents have been. And so it, it was important that I tell them about this pivot. And it meant a lot to me that they support it. So I, I am so nervous driving over over to my parents' house and I, I'm sitting there in the living room and I'm like, listen, guys, I want to work in an industry at the forefront of, of social justice, environmental justice, and healthcare innovation. And I want to work in the cannabis industry. And it was silence for just like a minute or two. Like no one said anything. And I'm like, oh no, what's happening here? And, and then all of a sudden the next words out of my dad's mouth were, oh, cool. Do you want the login to my Motley Fool account so you can check out cannabis stocks? Get and, out. That's actually yeah. that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So you've been thinking about this for a while now. Like we just haven't communicated on it. We haven't been open to each other about it. My mom didn't say much. It, she she did kind of make fun of me a little bit here and there in a very kind of supportive way, making jokes about stoner culture and things. All in her way of of learning to accept it and embrace it. And and even more recently, she's been she's been exploring cannabis as a tool for her health. All right, but your but your dad was like obviously supportive. And then did he connect you with the the farm that you're working with? Is that where you went next? Yeah. So ended up in California because my parents are from Monterey, California. So we've okay. got family out there. So I was like, it was we were quarantining in the Arizona desert, and I was like, this is this is not great for the summer. I, like, I see an opportunity for us to head out to California. And so they were, my parents were really supportive of it. Family out there was supportive. We, 
we headed out there and I, I actually sent a cold outreach, which never works really. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the cold outreach strategy. And um, I had just sent a cold email out to this little regenerative arm and ended up getting this opportunity to, to work with them and, and, and to be inspired by their story. So you actually, so were you, a, were you actually farming? Like you're actually in the dirt and doing all the stuff you have to do to be a farmer? No, I was really more on the, the marketing side, but okay. I, this is this was an all hands on deck farm. So I was out there helping pick vegetables and stuff sometimes. And I, I'm very, very proud. This was such a great experience. I was there through harvest. And so I, I got to wake up at 5 a.m. with the rest of the team and put on a headlamp and go out there and 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 harvest their cannabis crop and, and to do some trimming. I think I think it's important for folks in the industry to to get a chance to see that side of it. And I was so lucky. It was such a magical experience. That's great. That's actually awesome. That's a truth, though. I think that idea that people are coming into the industry who don't know anything about the plant. I mean, I talk about this even for myself. I have grown it now, but I didn't even understand what it looked like or I didn't understand any of it. So the idea that people are coming into the industry, it's almost like you need to have that boot camp part of it and see what it's like. It's because, yeah, that's a, that's impressive. So what surprised you when you were like harvesting and trimming and all that stuff? Well, I, th I think I was surprised they they harvest before the sun comes up because it's when the flower is most potent. And that was interesting to kind of experience. And, and it was interesting to, to, to be out there in this field in the hills of Santa Cruz. And it's very dark out and all you see are the headlamps. And, and, and it's just it's so much work goes into goes into making the cannabis that you buy buy at the dispensary, like the harvesting, the trimming, the drying, the curing, all of those steps take so much. And because I've been able to see it, I just have so much respect for the small farmers and, and what they do, they grow some incredible flower out there. And the smallness, this should be a small industry. I, I even think this should be like a Republican issue. We're going to talk about small government, small businesses. This is a perfect um, vehicle for creating this coming back from all the bigness that we've created. So yeah, it's California. All right. So you're up there doing your thing in California, doing some marketing. And then what happened? Well, so doing doing marketing, working with some other really cool brands this this company's worked with. And and I started to see like there's this real gap. Speaking of the small, the smaller businesses, the independent businesses, there's this real gap in the industry between the really large, sometimes publicly traded MSOs and the independent state-by-state -state brands. And it's it's scary because my motivation for being here is that healthcare is is what it can do for all of our collective well-beings. But the people who are the most dedicated to that vision tend to be the independents. They tend to be those, those smaller entrepreneurs, but they don't have the resources they need to compete necessarily with those big companies, right? So they're getting nickel and dimed from seed to sale. And then they need to do marketing in order to compete, but there's just no room in their business model for a traditional agency. And so what we started to see, what I started to see was a real need for a different type of marketing support so that folks who have smaller budgets can take up the appropriate market share they deserve so that they can truly thrive. And importantly, so that consumers can identify and recognize the products made by people focused on the health of their customers. So we wanted to break the agency model a little bit. I wanted, I was freelancing. I started working with a lot of other brands at the time. And it was just, just about a year ago, last week, actually, that 
we were at the, I was at the Emerald Cup, 20, 2021 Emerald Cup, which is this, if, if, if the audience isn't familiar, it's this amazing event that takes place in Santa Rosa every year. It's, it's got a bunch of small Emerald Triangle farmers, other, other brands go up from the state. It's just a, a real, it's a party, but it's also a true cultural exchange of our industry. And so is it, is it like, the, um, up, is it, uh, uh, Caitlin, is it like the opposite of MJ BizCon? Is it like the opposite end of the yeah. spectrum? Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. But I will say in a similar way that MJ BizCon, I, I've got to say MJ BizCon brings our industry together, moves the, the industry forward. There are important conversations at BizCon. Same with Emerald, the Emerald Cup. There are important conversations. People are getting together. And the organizers have put a really beautiful emphasis on supporting the small independent farmers. So oh it's God. it's a cool spot. I love that. Again, I, I talk a lot about on the show, like about how are we going to do this differently? If we just let it happen the way yes. it's happening now, it's just going to look like every other industry. So it's so really heartwarming to me, a person who does a podcast in her daughter's bedroom, <laughs> to hear that there really is a whole world out there of smallness. We're trying yeah. to bond together to make something different. So you're part of this world. All right. And that led. So were you had you founded the business yet? What were you doing last year at this time? So that was at that point, I was working as Bates Brand Studio, okay, which was right. my freelance business. Yeah. So that was mostly just a show where I was or a, a business where I was working and providing some consultation to clients. But I'm a strategist. I'm not necessarily a designer and or creative director or photographer. And so what I was recognizing was that if, again, if my clients were going to truly compete, we had to have that level of talent on the team. We, I needed other folks at the table in order to truly be a resource to my clients. And so was at Emerald and the Emerald cup ran into a team that I'd sort of been working with a little bit on a couple projects. And we looked at each other and we said, let's, let's do it. Let's work together. Let's form something new so that we can kind of collaborate collaborate across each other's skill sets. And that's where Magic Plant was born. Okay. All right. So you know what? We have to take a break. <laughs> Thank today's partner. But on the other side, we're going to learn more about Magic Plant. We'll learn more about what the unique challenges for cannabis marketing is and what the opportunities are too, because life is a paradox. There's always both. So we'll be back in a second. I want to thank the resort at Westmoreland, a cannabis-friendly 21-plus property located on a four-acre plot in Negril, Jamaica, for making today's show possible. Are you interested in a cannabis-friendly getaway this winter? Well, I know the place for you. The resort at Westmoreland is a 16-room resort that offers a restaurant that serves both American, African-American, and Jamaican cuisines, and a swimming pool, and of course, a full-service bar. The resort sits on a beautiful four-acre plot located in Negril, Jamaica, and is just a nine-minute walk or a three-minute drive to the infamous Cliffs, Seven Mile Beach, Rick's Cafe, and Rock House. And in addition, the resort at Westmoreland provides airport transportation to and from Montego Bay Airport and a complimentary breakfast. The resort at Westmoreland will be fully operational in January 2023. They would love for you to bring in the new year with them and be one of the first to stay at their newly renovated private resort. And when you do, don't forget to tell them that the Cannon Mom Show sent you. Okay, we're back with Caitlin. Let's talk about marketing. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your the new firm that you're working with and what's unique about cannabis marketing and some of the challenges you're coming across. Yeah, so Magic Plant is a marketing collective. 
We like to say that we have all of the talent and the experience of a traditional marketing agency, but the scrappiness and the accessibility of working with a freelancer. So we are a, a team of specialists who work together to to do everything from branding to packaging to marketing, all that, all that good stuff. But we, in cannabis, we all have some really unique challenges, right? So I was talking earlier about the, the price structure of the business model in cannabis, right? You're, you're getting taxed very heavily. Everything is expensive up and down the supply chain because we're a startup industry, everything is expensive to make the first time. And so as we're building, it's just, it's inefficient in general to create these startups. And so marketing in particular tends to be like that last thing people want to invest in. Mm -hmm. However, it is, it is the most important thing because if you don't get your message out there, if you don't speak to an audience, then all of the investment you've put into building your business into your operation, you'll never see return on it. You'll, you won't be able to, to sustain yourself. And so no one will know you, you exist. No one will know. No one will know, right? You can do the best work under the sun, but nobody will know about it. And so seeing that the coolest brands in the space couldn't afford the traditional agency model, we went this collective route. So we can work really scrappy with our clients. We have a pricing structure that's really competitive and fits into the profit model so that our clients actually can see a return on the investment into marketing. And we don't just kind of do a project with you and then run. We, we like to get really integrated with our clients. We act as your marketing team and we provide what you need at a price you can, you can afford. And we, we all have great cannabis experience. And so the, which the is, other which thing again, is, I kind of come back to this. Is it so important? I know a lot of people want to get into cannabis, but it's so weirdly specialized that if you're going to work with anyone, you need to have a cannabis specialist because that's what they do. And not everybody in marketing understands what Caitlin's talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the hard part is that your packaging, your branding, your marketing, your social media, your email and marketing, all of these things have special rules for cannabis. Mm -hmm. And if you don't follow them at best, you may lose access to that platform or the audience you've built on that platform, or at worst, you can get yourself in, in real trouble and get fined. So working with somebody who knows what they're doing is just so, so important. And again, it was so important that the that these independent businesses, these change makers and innovators could access that experience. So I know that I think there are some unique opportunities, too, in terms of just, again, if we're going to come back to smallness, mm -hmm. this idea that we're coming back to sort of a personalization, relationship building, it has to be very, again, I talk about Canna stories one on one, but even the marketing has to be more personalized. It can't be just mass produced. So that's another opportunity, don't you think? Oh my gosh. I I mean, you're 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 speaking my language here. I, I couldn't agree more because listen, in in a traditional with a traditional product, like let's say hand soap. H hand soap is great. People have to buy it. Everybody needs hand soap in their house. So you have this kind of built-in system. But whether or not I buy one brand or the other of hand soap, I, I don't know if it's not there, I'm, I'm going to buy the brand that's there. But cannabis is a totally different game than traditional consumer packaged goods, because the relationship you're building with your audience is so powerful. You are what stands between them and spending time with their children or them and being able to, to have a healthy, happy work day or pursuing their dreams. All of these different elements. I mean, when you create a product that heals somebody, they're not going to go buy a different brand. They're going to be loyal 
still to you until the end. And if you can continue to provide value related to that healing through your marketing, then you have a captive audience and people who are going to go act as your ambassador without you ever having to pay them. It's this incredible opportunity in cannabis. We like to be in the space as marketers in general, pretty negative, but I, I really think that the opportunities we have, despite the limitations we face, despite the limitations we face, we have the most incredible opportunities to build relationships with our customers. And this idea of amplification marketing, it's something I've learned. Someone explained it to me. It's like the Taylor Swift. She gets her most ardent supporters to actually do a lot of the marketing for her. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where we are in cannabis too, because there's still a lot of people don't want to talk about it at all. Some people know a little bit about it, but they're the ardent people who are going out there and are willing to talk about products that they like. So that's, that's my world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I like to say like, make it easy for people to, to share what you do, make it easy for them to take an Instagram post or to tell their friends about it over brunch. Like, give you the tools that you need to go tell everybody about this cool product that you just bought. So are there, I don't know, is there anybody you want to talk about someone you're working with or some interesting innovations that you see coming around or products that you think should be more of and you're encouraging people to develop anything you want to share right now? There's some really, really cool products out there that I'm, I'm just very stoked about and that I want to see more of. We we're talking a lot about healthcare here and wellness, and there's a, an entire open space for for folks to be building products that from the design of the product in like based on how it's produced, manufactured, all those things, all the way into how you package it is focused on people to heal. So a really good example of this is my, is my mom. So my mom, we, we, a couple months ago sat down together in her living room with a whole plant full spectrum oil that was a 45 CBD to one THC product. So it's, it's very rich in CBD with just a hint of THC. Cause that has a, there's a relationship between the two. And I gave her her very first dose of cannabis from this full spectrum oil. And as I'm sitting there working, I was like, Hey mom, you, you take it and, and just holler if you hear anything, if, if you feel anything. And, and from the living room, I heard, Oh my gosh, I can think better. <gasps> Parkinson's people with Parkinson's have a, a foggy head often. And so suddenly her brain was working better. It was clearer. And then she, she got up and she started playing with her dog. And she's like, I think I can move better. Wow. And then like a few minutes later, she's like, and I think I'm talking better. I think talking is easier because it's hard for people with Parkinson's to push air over their vocal cords. And, and so I'm just like absorbing this experience of watching her enjoy this product and see all the, the healing benefits that it has for her. And what's really, really hard for me is that out here in Arizona, there's just not a lot of products that compare to what, what we were working with. It, it, there just aren't. That product in particular is from California and a, a great brand called Bird Valley Organics. It's an Emerald Cup award-winning full spectrum oil, but they've designed that product for healing and you know that product actually and even others have an opportunity for packaging because people with parkinson's and other other chronic illnesses they struggle with our our child resistant packaging they struggle with the oh lord don't even get me into the packaging <laughs> yeah oh it, it it's it's so tricky right so it's like when I talk like I, I I'm what I'm like what I get hyped up about is is these products that are focused on usability, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, like 
innovative packaging. It's designing your product without solvents. It's making sure that it's whole plant and that all the cannabinoids and terpenes are getting into the end of the plant. And the coolest products coming out that I think we're going to be seeing over the next year or two are going to be things like water soluble pills where you can just drop your cannabis into your drink and enjoy it and it's already dosed out for you you don't have to worry about taking too much or too little i like that idea the dosing is really important and the idea that the full spectrum this idea that this plant you can use every part of her and we're i don't understand how the cannabinoid extraction process works but it seems like we're missing something and it's actually better for us if it's a full spectrum and yeah, I hope that becomes more of a thing. I do too, because I have a lot of friends who come up to me and they're 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 sipping on these distillate vape, vape cartridges and they're like, why do I have such a headache? And I'm like, oh, there probably isn't any CBD in that vape cart that you're smoking. And 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 like that's kind of the problem is you really like nature has placed so many magical compounds in this plant. We don't as as a as a human race, we don't really know enough about them to know what we're losing when we remove compounds from the products we consume. I agree. And again, if we are worried about the earth and making things better, we should be doing things differently. We should be using the entire plant. We should be using packaging that is compostable. We yes. should be doing things that in the packaging regulations that require it be, to be so difficult to open that people who have issues with their hands or just can't get it open and get frustrated and can't access their medicine, which is crazy, crazy. So there's still so much work to be done because of what the damage of the war on drugs, basically. So yeah. people like you out there talking about it, caring for it and convincing people, even like your mother. So, so how's your mom doing now? She's tried this product and what's going on with her. She, she's doing great. So she, she came into my office not too long ago and, and she said, I, I need more of this. I'm out of these, the full spectrum oil. So, so we got her a little bit more, but we are going to be spending our holiday break trying to find a product that is more local to where she spends most of her time, which is in Arizona that will affect her the same. So that where we're at in her, our journey is, is just trying to find something comparable and, 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 make sure that, yeah, she can dose it herself. She can access it herself and that I don't have to be a barrier between her and her medicine because, the, because that takes away her independence when you have to rely on somebody for it. And the idea this, this is a pharmaceutical, just kind of almost going back to old school pharmaceuticals, your pharmacist used to make it. So this should be something I know I have women out here in Massachusetts who know how to make tinctures, you know, with THC and we'll make them for you. You can formulate them very specifically. This should be a pharmaceutical option, just like every other medication that if this is the dosage you need, this is what's made for you. Don't you think that's, I mean, that should be the future. Oh, I would love to have that apothecary model where, where you can go in and you can order your ratio, so to speak. It, that would be, I think, pretty game changing for a lot of people. So, Hey, if there are any, anybody out there trying to make that happen, we would love to work with you because that's the kind of change making work in the space that we need to see happen. I mean, Azela education, again, these are the, the nurses dealing with the, for the cards really and working with you to figure out what you can use for dosage. But I also know they have access to people who can make tinctures, who can help yeah. their patients because they're making recommendations for products. These are medical patients who need specific products that have to be consistent yeah. <laughs> and available. So these are, these are big challenges that we're facing right now. Yeah, yeah, they they are they are and and I'm 
you know, really excited because I've seen the growth of this like ancillary space where people are helping other people navigate cannabis as a medicine. So I've been working with another community of, of cannabis coaches who are, are doing a similar thing. And what I'm also noticing, which I'm very excited about, is that the newer markets that are coming online are, are learning much faster than we did out in California. Oh, California, you're a mess. They're a mess, California. <laughs> it's, it's rough out there. It's rough. But, you know, we're, I'm hopeful that we can learn some of the lessons in these new states from just watching what California's done instead of experiencing it. I'm, I'm excited because we've got a, a client out in New Mexico that's a, a dispensary that's emerging. And they have this beautiful focus on transparency and quality that I don't necessarily see in some of the, the older but newer markets markets like like again like you don't always get that out here in Arizona and so again the more we can be starting these markets from a foundation of health wellness environmental responsibility and equity i think it's really important that we can be we can be learning fast innovating how we build the markets and that folks like you know what we're doing folks who do other type of ancillary businesses are stepping up to make sure that their services are accessible to the small growing independent brands. Amen. All right. So uh, what are you going to be doing 2023? What are your goals, hopes, dreams? And if any of our listeners want to connect with you, what is the best way to reach you? Well, 2023 is all about growth for us. We built, we built the machine, we built the plane essentially in, in 2022. So we're just going to be working with as many folks as we can over the next year. And importantly, just continuing to be a part of the conversation and, and working with the good folks out there who are advancing the industry. So so growth is a, will be the name of the game for us next year across the country. And um, to work with us, you can reach us at magicplant.com. You can also find us on Instagram at let's make some magic. That is magic with a J because everything has to be kind of punny here in the, in the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. Dave says there's like an infinite number of puns every week. We find someone new. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's, it's my favorite. I'm, I'm kind of a word nerd as is another member of our team. So we really love all the, all the names and the upon when they're good sometimes it's like okay that was a stretch but <laughs> yeah we're out there we're doing nothing all right so again caitlin thank you so much for sharing your story i'm glad that your mom is doing well now and your business is growing because we need you and you're young so you'll be here for a very long time <laughs> oh that's the plan and thank you so much for having having me and and again like Thank you for what you do to elevate the voices of new entrepreneurs, small brands, independents. I mean, everything you're saying about creating our industry in a new way. We're a non-traditional industry, so we need to approach building our industry in non-traditional ways. And we can't let other people tell us who we are. I think that's the motto. There's a lot of yeah. guys out there building their own MSOs, and it looks it's not good. So yeah. um, got to keep fighting the fight and doing what we do best so that we can make something different and heal ourselves, right? I say this all the time. This industry is run by healed women. We don't have other industries that are like that. So let us do our thing and heal the world. Amen. Yes. Yes. Here, <laughs> oh, here. Keep on the good fight. All right. So another show. So from my guest, Caitlin Fitzgerald, and of course, my Canna bro, David Yaz, and our Canna show team, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show, where we are on our mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry. So together, we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannon Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston 
Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your canna confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.